Good morning. It is Thursday, June 3rd, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. I hope you're having a good week. Today, we are finishing the book of Mark, at least the passages of it. Tomorrow, we will do a very high-level overview of the entire book, and that's it. We'll finally have finished the entire Gospel of Mark together, just reading a few verses every day since January 1st, and we've gotten through the entire book of Mark. Some of you may be wondering where we'll be going next in Scripture. It's been a long time since we changed books. I thank you, all you who sent suggestions. We had quite a few that were from the minor prophet part of the Old Testament, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Nobody suggested the book that I was hoping to do, but at least we're in the same ballpark. A lot of the minor prophet books are kind of long, and I wanted to keep it short, so let's meet in the middle for those who wanted to do a minor prophet book, and let's do the book of Jonah. It's just a few short chapters, it's got a narrative side to it, it's got a prophetic side to it, and it's a deeply theological side to it. I'm really looking forward to doing some devotions and careful reading in the book of Jonah. So starting Monday, that's where we'll be. All right, let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray, and then we will dive right into it. This is Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? Go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And there he said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. All right, let's pray together. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Lord, as we jump into this last part of Mark, God, we are grateful that this is how the gospel ends. It doesn't end with the death of Jesus. It ends with his resurrection. The sacrifice that he gave us on the cross was accepted by you, and he was risen to new life. Lord, we thank you for this passage. Help us to look at it and finish up this book well. Give us clarity today. Amen. All right, just to start off this episode, some of you might be saying, Wait a minute, this isn't the end of Mark. Chuck, there's still a lot of verses left. And I just want to get this out of the way right from the get-go. There are more verses in the book of Mark. There's actually 9 through 20 still to be read. But if you look in your Bible, there's usually a comment that says in the earliest manuscripts, the book of Mark didn't include this passage. And almost all biblical scholars agree that that part of Mark was added on later by a scribe or maybe some of the early church fathers, but almost surely it wasn't written by Mark himself. 
I read one testimony of a Greek student who had worked through the entire book of Mark, and he started off, it was really hard for him, but by the time he was getting to chapters 14, 15, and 16, he knew Mark's style, he knew how he was doing things, and he was flying through translating the book. And he said once he got to verse 9 through 20 of chapter 16, the entire vocabulary, the syntax all changed. And to him, that was the proof he needed that this part of the gospel was added on later. So for our sake of what we're doing in this devotional, we're just going to stick to the first part of Mark that was definitely part of the original gospel written by Mark himself. And that is the story of the resurrection. It's pretty common nowadays in our hyper-political and activist society to see people around Easter time point out that it was women who arrived at the tomb first and were witnesses to the resurrection. And in fact, that's true. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome were the first ones to the tomb. But what is often missed is that these women weren't going to see a risen Savior. Mark makes it clear that these women, as close as they were to Jesus, were going to anoint a dead body. Even after Jesus had said, I will rise in three days, I'm going to my death, but don't worry, I will rise in three days. This temple will be destroyed, but don't worry, it will be rebuilt in three days. These women were unbelieving. They went to the tomb after buying spices to anoint a dead body. And so you could imagine their surprise when they got to the tomb that they thought would be closed when it wasn't closed. And inside was some sort of angel, a young man, radiant, dressed in a white robe, saying, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus, but he's not here. He is risen. These are the familiar words that we recite and read through every Easter. In our passage today, in chapter 16, the disciples come back again. And how do they come back? Well, the angel mentions them. He says to the three women, go and tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus has gone before them to Galilee. Now remember back in chapter 14, Jesus said that he would do this. Back in chapter 14, verses 26 through 31, right after the Last Supper, it says this, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. The angel makes it clear that these women are to go to Galilee to find the disciples and tell them, and especially tell Peter, that Jesus has indeed risen from the dead. Jesus is there waiting to meet them, up from the grave, out of darkness, waiting for his beloved disciples and Peter. Some scholars have speculated why early church fathers or scribes would have added verses 9 through 20. And part of that speculation is because without it, the book of Mark ends so abruptly. I mean, Jesus is killed. This is the climax of the book. And the resolution is only eight verses long. In the original Greek manuscripts, Mark ends with the Greek word gar. 
which is like leaving a cliffhanger. It's the word because or for. The ending is so abrupt. But if we think about it, isn't this what Mark's whole purpose was in the first place? Mark wanted to prove that Jesus was the Son of God. He wanted to show people what is the gospel. He wanted to convince people that the good news of Jesus demanded a response. He wanted to answer the question, why Jesus had to die. And he wanted to give clarification that the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross of Calvary was accepted by God the Father in the resurrection. Mark has no more to write because he fulfilled all he wanted to fulfill in his gospel. My friends, as we go today, it's not Easter, but oh, that we would celebrate, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. It's midweek, just a Thursday, probably wrapping up our week, trying to get some things crammed in at our work, making sure that our duck's in a row so that we're ready to take a break this weekend. And here we are, reading about the resurrection of our Lord. The resurrection is the seal that all Jesus had done was perfect. And when he went to the cross, all of the sin of humanity was laid upon him. And all of it was found acceptable in the eyes of our holy God the Father, so that Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Is that not cause for celebration even on this Thursday? I think that it is. Let me close us in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do celebrate your resurrection. This is the crowning moment of all creation. From the beginning of time, it was your plan that you would send your Son for the redemption of humanity. The serpent would strike the heel of our God. He would suffer, and oh, did he suffer in the cross. But then, the head of the serpent was crushed when you found the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, acceptable. Satan and his schemes will never win again. From here on out, for the rest of eternity, you will reign as king over all. Our king. Lord, we do celebrate this resurrection, even on this random day of the week. It's not Easter, but who are we if we're not Christians who don't celebrate the resurrection every single day? By it, we are saved. By it, we are united with Christ. By it, we are no longer separated from a holy God, but once again in union. The design of original creation has been restored in the resurrection of Jesus from the tomb. Lord, we're thankful. And as we go today, we might have a lot on our minds and a lot on our hearts. But God, we will meditate on what you have done for us. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.